What is up, everybody? You are tuned into the Midnight Mystics right here on Shady Pines Radio. On this episode tonight, we are going to be exploring the concept, the premise of magic. Magic! What is magic? And why do we care about something that we can't see? Something that has so many different interpretations, so many different incantations, so many different uh, understandings, perceptions of this thing that we call magic. Magic is something that I learned as a kid, not how to do it or what it really meant, but, you know, my understanding of magic as a kid was uh, something that was impossible, like pulling a rabbit out of your hat. Empty hat, shown to you that it's empty, and then voila, as they say, hocus pocus, abracadabra, these are all magical invocation words of making something impossible happen. And uh, McDonald's had a theme song when I was growing up. Do you believe in magic in a young boy's heart? Da, 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 da. Um, so I actually want to record a documentary on magic and talk to experts in the field of different like lineages of magic, the occult, pagan, witchcraft, illusionism, and see if we can find a common thread that drives most people, a lot of people, into the magical realms. I belong to a New Age kind of community, calls itself the Transformational Festivals. One's called Lucidity in Southern California, and then... We've got Cascadia and Imagine and Beloved. And I think for some, magic may be a bad word, like a taboo thing associated with like a rejection of science or something like that. Um, But I don't know, you know, like I'm going into this with open eyes and an open heart. I've always been curious about magic, so I'm going to share a little bit about what I've learned with you, but I'm also going to be reaching out to a lot of magic practitioners of all kinds over the next few weeks to find out what the hell it is that we call magic. So let's dive into it. And up first, we have a short snippet from the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. He interviews Damien Eccles, a high magic practitioner who also spent many years in prison, falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit, needing to um, survive and stay sane in that environment. He took on magic as a practice, as well as Buddhist meditation. And here's what he had to say to Duncan Trussell about magic. Just om, things of that nature. It is very specific vibrations. Everything is energy. You know, we're, we're starting to learn from science now. It's just catching up to us. We think that what we experience out here is real. You know, we think this table is solid. We think our bodies are solid. We think these bottles are are solid. Almost nothing is actually solid. We know now from science that something like 0.001% of everything that we perceive actually has solid mass to it. Over 99% of what we perceive of reality is empty space. You know, now we know that there's um, protons, neutrons, electrons, waves, particles, but they're just like these tiny little dots moving in infinite empty space. Yeah. 
We don't know what over 99% of the universe is made of because our senses do not allow us to perceive it. We can't even perceive the entire light spectrum. So all of this, this empty space is energy. Almost everything that exists is pure energy. The two things that I use whenever I'm teaching people magic that I rely on the most, number one is the Bible, and number two, as strange as it may sound, is that movie The Matrix. Okay. The thing I always bring up is that scene where Neo goes to see the Oracle and the little bald kid is in the room sure. bending spoons, and Neo says, how do you do that? And the kid says, don't try to bend the spoon because that's impossible. Just know that there is no spoon. Mm. That's the key to causing some sort of manifestation in the physical world using magic. There's two reasons to do magic. One is for manifesting something, and that can be anything from a parking spot to the career you want, to the relationship you want to be in, whatever it is. All about creating something. The other reason for doing magic is what I call spiritual sustenance, where you are deliberately invoking energy and intelligences that you then absorb into your energy system, into your aura, to make you grow, make you change, trigger epiphanies, realizations, shifts in consciousness, things of that nature that allows you to some of this sounds crazy, but what it does is allows you to see that current of energy. You know, everybody has human teachers in the beginning. We had, you know, people that teach us magic, people that teach us meditation, whatever it is. But the point of what those teachers are trying to accomplish is to get your consciousness to a state where you start receiving what I refer to as downloads directly from divinity. When that happens, then magic itself, God itself, the divine architect of the universe, whatever you want to call it, starts to become your teacher. Once, you know, most magical lodges and orders have a grade system. And part of this grade system, this is not anything, you know, anywhere even remotely near the beginning. This is like after you've been doing this stuff for years. You reach the, the grade where it says from this point on, the magician will look at every single thing that they encounter, come in contact with, and experience as a direct dealing of God with your soul. Wow. From that point, that means there are no coincidence. If you are seeing something, if you are smelling something, if you are tasting something, it is God speaking directly mm -hmm. to you. And the more you acknowledge that, pay attention to that, the more it starts happening in, in dramatic and really profound ways. So everything that exists is energy. That's why our voices, that's why our words are so important. You know, that goes back once again to the Bible and the book of Genesis whenever Adam is naming everything. You know, he's given all these different animals names. There is power in our speech. We have the ability to shape reality with nothing but our vocal cords. Yeah. You know, I always tell people, don't focus on what you don't want. Focus on what you want. Most people spend their lives complaining about things they don't like. Yes. They constantly talk about what's wrong with the world. So you're adding power to it. You're giving it chi. You're feeding it. We're supposed to focus on what it is that we're wanting to move towards instead of away from. So if you, if someone asks you, you know, just for example, you don't have to, to lie when something is bad. You know, if someone says, you know, if you have a cold and someone says, are you sick? That doesn't mean say no. It means say, I'm getting better minute by minute. Oh, that's great. And piggybacking on this conversation, Damien Nichols is espousing that everything is energy. So just like the young boy in the matrix was saying, uh, don't ever try to bend the spoon. Um, but focus on and remember that there is no spoon 
So yeah, because it's impossible to try to change yourself and change your beliefs at will. Um, and then Maja de Oost is a witch, uh, a Wiccan practicing out of Los Angeles. And she offers some helpful tips on how to conduct ourselves magically by eating or drawing the moon. Eating the moon with our eyes is um, basically like sun gazing, but moon the gazing. The first things you do, and even if you're only doing Wicca, is you learn to draw down the moon, which is literally taking in a celestial force into your own huh. body. So it, you kind of start out like inviting that energy to come into your form. What is the energy of the moon? What does that give you? Or what is... Oh, you can feel it. Like, that's a good thing. I don't even have to tell you. If you go on a full moon, here's what you do. When the moon is full, lock your gaze with it. Don't blink. Just stare at it for as long as you can without moving, without, you know, faltering your will. And when you look at something, it's like eating it a little bit. Like, if you look at something, you're like, it's a sensory thing. You're like getting it all over you to feel it so it's not even like you can describe it's an experience so you just that you just have to do with your eyeballs by eating the moon i think like you said earlier if you think about how much we forget okay we can't even remember why we're born do you think it's possible that we could have picked something right consciously if we can't consciously remember even being born but we know we were there it makes sense logically speaking that there would be maybe other thoughts even before that unless you just think like knowledge and consciousness exists only in a formed brain what's happening if you do you guys want to know the true truth yes here we go it's all light so anytime we like if i look into your eyes and we get an exchange of light that's actually releasing photonic energy so everything in the whole business is differently condensed light forms. Right. So if I can give you zhuzh and get you to like, ideally I shouldn't have to do anything. But sometimes if like I can get my light going and I just stand next to someone, they'll like do it in sympathy. Like how you catch a flu from someone. Yeah. You can like catch light from someone too. Right. And that should be the purpose of a teacher. Should be to just like, you know, get you to be like, oh my God, that's right, I'm light. I should right. totally just be light. Right. So that's like the true truth. It's light. It's light. That's what it is. Yeah, and that's what, it, you know, when you're talking about the the t- eating the moon, as you're saying. You're really eating light. Yeah. You're eating light. You're eating reflected sunlight bouncing off of this extraterrestrial yeah. planet that has this added quotient thing to it that the uh-huh. moon is placed within it. It's and- like sun gazing. It's a, the witch version of looking at the moon is very similar to the yogi sun gazers that right. do it in the, at the dawn. Which version safer? I think. Right. Now, these packets, the light is information, isn't it? So, That's correct. So contained inside this, these packet, these photons. Like little prisms. Little prisms. Little quartzes. They're prisms. We're like little crystals. So each photon is like a little crystal. Yeah. So it's these, and actually, God, I just read that they had somehow managed to turn light into crystal. Did you hear about that? No, but it makes sense. By, dro- by Somehow by changing its frequency, they crystallize yeah. light. I, you know, all these things are happening right now that are so insane. Oh, I know. That they just go flying by everyone. Yeah. Like, oh, they turn light into the crystal. scientific right. discoveries are epic. Like, yeah. there was all these scientific truths we held for so long regarding, like, physics and relativity and now it's all just like popping off at an extreme rate it's true but like with the crystallization of light it's i look at it like making a snowflake out of water 
It's oh, just a, like, right? right it's sure. just a condensation you've changed of its a change vi- of form. You've, you've changed its form a little bit. Yeah, totally. And, and so you, now inside each of these, fo- so if I look at this a photon, yeah. this crystal or this sort of. Like a hologram, right? Like a laser light hologram. Yeah, like yeah. a hologram. And th- this would be the atomic um, structure that we're all made of. Is a, yeah. a, a, many of these ho- holograms. Yeah, these an arrangement. An arrangement of holograms. Yes. Are, is each individual photon, do they all contain the same information? So here I'll offer what Max Planck said. A lot of people don't know about the Max Planck, which is good, I, I, and people I, need to know about him. Yeah. He, the whole Max Planck Institute studies light and how it behaves in living systems, too, like our bodies. But what he proposed is that all light is only one being. Like So even though there's separate photons, that it's only one thing. Because the reason he said that is if you do something to a photon over here... A photon, like somewhere way far away, right. will have a memory of what happened to that other photon, which right. is insane. Unless they just like shouted through interdimensional wormholes at each other. Yeah. Hey, this just happened to me. But that would mean like every single photon would be like, "Hey, you guys, check out what just happened to me." Yeah. That's cuckoo pants. Instead, right. it's like they're an entire body, a one living organism. Right. So does each, it's like DNA, right? If my fingernail cell. If I go in deep enough, it has the DNA for my liver, for my heart, okay. for my brain. Gotcha. So that's what light is. Gotcha. Yeah, like DNA. So in DNA, I've always thought of as the kind of, if there was ever a signature that an alien put inside of all <laughs> life, it would look like DNA. It looks like a signature. Yeah, but we have alien DNA in us, actually. It's mitochondrial DNA. Right. You have two different kinds of DNA in your body. Right. One is yours, in yeah. your cells, and the other one is in the mitochondria, which are these like semi-parasitic organisms that just kind of hang out in us and give us all the energy that we have. Right. So the your inner authority has been called like your conscience. If you look at like what is your conscience, it's described literally as a light. Yeah, really? Oh, go on Wikipedia. Like it's cuckoo. It's a light that is located above your head. So when you get connection with your conscience, which isn't just like, you kind of get there when you go between the angel and the devil going like, ah, you're a loser, you'll never make it. And then like, no, you're a messiah, you're awesome. So your conscience is kind of somewhere in between there where you go, neither of you guys is right. Right. Just be quiet. And then you kind of like chill out. And then you let what's really going on outside of your own opinions come into you. Mm. That's what I think that okay. connection okay, is. Right, does that right. make sense? Yes, it does. So yeah. you're sort of pushing. Yeah, so it's the, like getting snow out of a driveway. Okay, that's super <laughs> cool. So these two, uh, the the what the negativity and the positivity, or yeah. and all the thought patterns that emerge from it. This is the this is the snow on the driveway yeah. and you push that away mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that's when you are making contact Correct. with what? That's a good question. I feel like it is like your will, your true will or intent. So like if you can imagine your consciousness, whatever that is, is some kind of light that has its deal that it came in to do, it knows what it's here to do and right. what you should do. I think this whole thing with religion, witchcraft, everything, all this information is to try to get us to get our brains under control so that our thoughts don't disrupt the reality of our being. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful way to put it. Right. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's really good. Our minds are these blessings and curses that 
can go so many directions, get possessed, distracted, taken over, destroyed, you know, destroy ourselves with our thinking. And, you know, even in a bad environment, your thoughts can be what's destructive to you, right? Like we, obviously, people are in terrible situations, brought yeah. on by each other in yeah. a lot of cases. But then still, you got to fight extra hard with your brain yeah. if you're in one of those god-awful situations yes. to try to keep your own thoughts and not all this, right. like, pain and suffering and trauma, which you yes. may be experiencing. Yes, 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 yes. I see. It's it's kind of like, it's it's like if you want to... Uh, deal with people uh, in the world. Yeah. This is the first fix yourself. Work on yourself. So, Or this is the idea of like you can either put leather all over the entire planet or you can put on shoes. It's accurate. And so in the same way that if you want to deal with the the next level up, which would be these beings that you're talking about, same concept identically. So in the practice of witchcraft, step one is – Take in the light. <laughs> Get it in you, right? That's why it's traditionally women and like the whole sex stories. Like I think about it. Think about that. What is sexuality is being penetrated by a force outside right. yourself. Whether that, but like that erotic energy that can go to a lot of different places, right? right. You look at that in terms of galaxies, in terms of you know all kinds of things that yeah. aren't anthropomorphized. So. Yeah. It's like you're allowing this sort of light to kind of just penetrate you and come in, and that's the difficulty is receiving it, right? They talked about not yeah. wanting that, thinking yes. you're not worth it. That's it. Or that you can't it. do it. Primary difficulty. Yeah. So that's the taking in the moon, then. Yeah. Is taking it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. How badass. Pretty good, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. La, 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 la. Thank you to Majida Oust. Thank you to Dylan James Byrne, a.k.a. Tara. And that brings us to Dion Fortune, another witch who was really well known for her books, Psychic Self-Defense, as well as the Mystica Kabbalah, which is like a doctrine to many tarot readers and fortune tellers, people that are interested in defending themselves from psychic attack, like hexes, curses, and those that are interested in creating auras of protection and learning more about banishing rituals, etc. Dion Fortune was a scholar. And back in 1934, she wrote an article called The Rationale of Magic. Um, and it was originally published in the London Forum in September 1934. And um, yeah, so in examining the role that Uh, Mr. Aleister Crowley played, who was also known as like the wickedest man on earth. Uh, He, he took that on as well as Anton LaVey took on these villainous characters as a means to generate a little bit of attention for their work. Um, Anton LaVey is like notorious for having uh, like exaggerated his autobiography uh, with all kinds of claims. Aleister Crowley, Uh, Many people knew him and had accounts of him being a complete madman and drug addict, uh, 
and, uh, you know, very hedonistic character who channeled some writing who any rational human that reads the writing of Aleister Crowley uh, might ask themselves, like, what the fuck was this guy up to? Um, And with a lot of maniacal writing, Aleister Crowley also generated a lot of brilliance in his works as well. Super prolific. Um, So I'm going to read to you from this article here. Uh, Magic is a very ancient and universal art, and if it were always bunkum, as the enlightened world would have us believe, it would have been flung on the ruggish heap by disillusioned mankind before now. But when having been driven out of the door as witchcraft, it flies in at the window as spiritualism. We must accept the fact that there cannot be quite so much smoke without some fire. Meaning that there would not be as much motivated interest in magic if it wasn't there wasn't some tangible truth to the nature of interest in magic. Um, so Mr. Crowley's definition of magic is the art of causing changes to occur in accordance with will. And um, Dion Fortune writes, I define magic as the art of causing changes to take place in consciousness in accordance with will. And anyone who has any insight into their own states of mind will know that it is not nearly such a simple thing as it sounds, and anyone who can see beyond their own nose must see that changes, such changes can have very far-reaching consequences. Having defined magic to my own satisfaction, it is now necessary that I should answer the two questions which are posited as being the whole key to the situation. So far as I can see, the will does not work directly upon circumstances and happenings, but indirectly. I have never seen direct and immediate objective results for magic, but I have seen a great many indirect and delayed results. In the matter of results obtained from magic, we are confronted by a question of fact. What are the actual facts? What is the evidence? How has it been verified? This is a question to which it is exceedingly hard to obtain a satisfactory answer. I have never known magic to be done under test conditions. Therefore, the results alleged to be obtained cannot be accepted at their face value. Moreover, I've heard so many stories which, when examined by a few cursory questions, turned out to be the experiences of a friend of a friend that I do not care to put forward any magical data, either of the East or the West, save what I have experienced myself. And it is my belief, after having worn out two pairs of ceremonial slippers in treading magical circles, that ceremonial magic works exceedingly powerfully upon the subconscious mind and upon nothing else. In making that statement, have I supplied the enemies of occultism with a useful piece of ammunition as anyone could desire? No, I have not, unless my statement is picked up from its context in an illegitimate matter, for I am going to proceed forthwith to qualify it. The subconscious mind possesses powers we little dream of, and these are released by working upon the imagination and heightening the emotion of means of the operations of ceremonial magic, which are expressly designed to that end. And what are these subconscious powers of which we are so little aware? The simplest and commonest of them is telepathy. We are all telepathic to some extent, for we are all in varying degree sensitive to the mood of others, even without words spoken. We are also sensitive to the atmosphere left behind in rooms by the emotions and characters of their previous occupants. 
Consider what it would mean were the sensitivity greatly heightened and concentrated at will. Would not new worlds open up to us? This is one of the things that ceremonial magic does, and I will show you how it is done in another article. So the power of the subconscious, according to Dion Fortune, is not to be taken for granted as some kind of uh, thing that isn't powerful or that doesn't have innate ability on its own right, that we need not be conscious of an action to take it um, in order to have an effect on the outside objective world, but just by merely being influenced by the belief structure of our own subconscious, that the exterior world, exterior world, without us knowingly affecting it by taking action, will respond to our belief system which might explain somebody with zero political experience like Donald Trump getting elected president. And I know that Alex Ebert from Edward, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, and I'm a robot, he's gone into depth about uh, Trump in the new age. And I don't really care to talk about Trump because I don't really like the guy. But he offers an interesting case history in the power of belief or the power of positive thought of positivism in terms of getting manifesting what we want. Pointing back to that conversation that Damien Eccles and Duncan Trussell had regarding manifestation. If we believe we can have it, we can have it. I think this is what makes some of the titans of industry so powerful, like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or... Mark Zuckerberg. These are people that aren't restrained by a previously preset mainstream belief that there are capacities that can't be reached beyond. Uh, Orville and uh, Orville Wright, you know, um, and his brother, I forget his name. The inventors of the airplane, you know, they took flight. It was JFK that said, we will land a man on the moon within the next 10 years. And they did it. They fucking landed a man on the moon. The power of belief lies in the subconscious. And by acting on that on a day-to-day basis, changing our reality changes the reality of those around us. It has a ripple effect. And I look to my brother Preston Smiles, who uh, I knew as like, you know, like an okay actor or whatever that then took to YouTube and started a podcast. But then he really found his niche as a motivational speaker creating these videos on YouTube to inspire others. He tapped into himself and shared his inspiration with the world and became a millionaire who's now the father of three kids living in a million dollar mansion in Texas with his wife. You know, and his wife's a millionaire because she hangs with him. And so their subconscious is bond bound on that level. In any event, we are still of this massive mentality of consumerism and of like shaping our perceptions of reality based on what else is a- attractive, exciting, sexy. Uh, in the zeitgeist, on Instagram, on social media, on, you know, Netflix or whatever the fuck it is these days, the magazine circuits. And we need to look beyond that for what's truly valuable as a society if we want to sustain ourselves. 
But the sky's the limit. The sky is, you know, the ground level of what the limit might be in this universe amongst multiverses, right? Um, and to truly get to the heart of what's caused this rampant disease of consumerism in our society, I went to, to a shaman. Uh, I met up with a shaman at the Lightning in a Bottle Festival of all places, a Peruvian shaman, to talk to her about what she believes is the antidote to society's problem. I didn't really have enough material to do this whole one-hour podcast, but I have not aired this interview with this shaman, Ada Zavala, on Shady Pines Radio yet. So here's a little treat for everybody. I'm going to cap this conversation on magic with the antidote to to humanity's mental illness in order for us to cure the subconscious and to get to the heart of the matter of, you know, how we can heal. And um, Ada Zavala has some interesting, uh, some interesting ideas on the antidotes to our, to our problem. And you can find more about Ada Zavala Lopez at adazavalalopez.com. You've been listening to the Midnight Mystics right here on Shady Pines Radio. I fully intended to do the documentary series on magic, so thank you for bearing with me as I'm exploring the initial concepts here live on the radio. And here's my conversation with Ada Zavala. We'll see you next week right here midnight, Tuesday nights. What is your name? Good morning. My name is Ada Zavala Lopez. Ada Eda Zavala Lopez. I am a Peruvian curandera from the Amazon jungle with a very um, ancient roots of you know indigenous wisdom. Mm. Yeah. And what brings you to Bradley, California and lightning in a bottle? You know, thanks to my dear friend Leila Salazar, who is the executive director of Amazon Watch. You know, this nonprofit works so hard in terms of protection, you know, indigenous rights, in terms of, you know, protect the Amazon jungle, you know, with all of these sad activities, you know, extraction that normally the jungle is exposed in order to create more power into the, you know, industrial society. So she was so connected with uh, the organizers in this festival, you know, lightning in a bottle. And uh, through her and another few Native American elders, plus other elders, you know, who come from all over America, she said that this will be a great opportunity to spread out my, my message about the importance of respecting plant medicine, the importance of, you know, spread out the right information about how, you know, you have to use, you know, plant medicine, especially plant medicine coming from the Amazon jungle. And what, what do you think people should know about uh, their own work if they're interested in um, plant medicine from the Amazon or from anywhere? Yeah. When I, when I said plant medicine, I don't 
only uh, talk about the mother ayahuasca, which is our master plan. The mother, la abuela, the, la planta maestra, you know, the master plan. You know, she is, you know, she is a, a real plant medicine. And also, you know, she has, you know, tons of other, you know, relatives, you know, many relatives around her, you know, many different kind of medicinal plants, which is very important to, to introduce to the Western world that it's not only this particular medicine that can help humanity, that can help, you know, humans in general, you know, in order to be cured, you know, in these deep, you know, physical issues or emotional issues. There are plenty of medicinal plants to access, you know, to, to take it. But take it not, you know, in a way that, you know, especially young Westerners, you know, mostly, you know, young Westerners, from all over the world, not only United States, you know, it's Canada, Australia, you know, Europe, you know. They, they, they tend to take, you know, this beautiful medicine as a part of a, this new fashion, of this new uh, introduction to have fun, you know, as a psychedelic, you know, drug. And that is totally disrespectful, you know, or even worse to create a new industry of psychedelic tourism. So that's something you are staunchly opposed to? You? Oh, I, I'm totally opposite to that way. Okay. First of all, because master plan, this beautiful medicine, is not psychedelic. Second one, it's not, you know, hallucinogenic. Hmm. No, she is a master plan. She carries a lot of incredible knowledge of Mother Nature. She carries all of these incredible, you know, medicinal properties that, you know, can help modern world, Western world, but not in a way that, you know, now many people are taking it. You know, what is that? So. The main reason, the main message that I, I, I have to tell, you know, your people here is just, hey, hold on. We need to walk with dignity, respecting one to another. I need to be clear with you that my medicine is not a psychedelic drug to be high, to have fun, to adopt this awesome, this cool, experience mm -mm. no so we need to respect indigenous elders we need to respect indigenous cultures we need to respect mother earth and we need to be you know clear in terms of what is my commitment what is my connection to this deep understanding why do I need to take plant medicine what what's a good reason what is a good reason for people to um, have a relationship and open up. The, you mean the a, a different with, relationship with 
après a better re relationship, a different relationship. No, a if they relationship. if they don't have any relationship, but they hear about it, so somebody comes back from ceremony, which is really just a party, you know, with yeah. the, with the plants, and they say, oh, it was so, it was so big for me, it was so important, it was, it was uh, crazy. I had all these visions, and and it was really awesome. You should do it. You know, but and, that is my point. No, I know, but 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 for for that other person, what would be a good reason? Because they they don't know, they just hear this thing about you know, because they people do refer to it as a hallucinogenic drug, so it's not. But what is a good reason for somebody to step forward and to create a relationship with Mother Ayahuasca? With plant medicine. With plant medicine. With master plan. Yeah. To cure your soul. That's it. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Okay. Like to cure the soul, like uh, the soul is sick? You think there yes. are sick souls out there? Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. There is a lot of sickness around the world, all over. There is a lot of sickness. And I was talking, you know, one of these days at the Lee Festival with other, you know, wise elders about connection disconnection and this kind of festivals how important is you know the presence of elders here in this kind of festivals and connection you know my question you know my reflection as I'm a, as a, a Peruvian curandera as an Amazonian you know curandera as an Amazonian healer is Why Westerners always are seeking, you know, this kind of different or a new relationship that they want to create? What is the main motive that they discover something? And they are so attached to this new something, yeah. including plant medicine, and then creates all kind of distortion, all all kind of misunderstanding. It's just you know to control. It's just to bring more power. It's just ego. What is that? You know, what, what? I'm not saying that, you know, everybody, you know, every Westerner, you know, create that relationship. I mean, relationship is, is a way to say that it's, there is no any relationship. Okay. It's just, you know, just take it. Okay. It's part of this consumption, you know. But my point is, and also, I respect this other, you know, I would say maybe, maybe. 0.0001% of these, you know, people around the world, especially coming from, you know, developed countries, are seeking this for a real reason, to cure their soul, to cure their spirit, to cure their minds, to search something different that really, you know, makes sense to them, to feel 
their spirit to to fulfill you know this emptiness that people normally you know face in these current times i mean people from all over the world especially related to these developing countries where everything is related to money everything is related to power everything is related to control and manipulation so what is what is the point why why people cannot understand that when we create a relationship with plant medicine it has to be with a main foundation of respect you know, dignity and a real compassion to mother earth can can you we assume we're all using the same language when we use the same words um uh, grandfather Matsan, Matsan, mm -hmm. he was talking about the day, the prophecy of the day that the sun comes back and shines in a glorified way because it realizes that the people are worthy of the dignification, of the dignity. Mm. And I'm curious uh, how you mean dignity. Like, what is it, what is it to be a, a person with dignity? Mm. Respecting yourself. When you respect yourself, you respect others. Thank you. If you don't respect you, what we are talking about? Right. Sacredness, Mother Earth, you know, social justice. It's just a fake statement mm. that comes from your mind. But what is the real, what is the real connection that you use through your words? You, you heard me the other day yeah. speaking about, you know, indigenous knowledge, plant medicine, and the Amazon jungle. And I, and my voice came from my heart. I don't performance. Mm -hmm. I walk with dignity. I respect, you know, myself in order that I can respect your people. And people can sense that. Especially these, you know, young people who attend, you know, these kind of events. They can sense that. Even that they are a little confused. Maybe they are looking for something. Or maybe they are, you know, through the music, you know, create these ecstasies, you know, to, to be connected again so my point is you know why this western society is constantly pushing pushing this youth these you know pure girls and boys you know against the wall and create this you know anxiety where there is no any open window to really create a real connection so it's finally, you know, at my age, you know, after all of these 30 years walking from different societies, you know, to 
another, you know, it's just, you know, from the community in the highlands, you know, from the indigenous community in the Amazon to the main town in the, in the jungle, to the main town in the, in the Andes, to Lima, the capital of Peru, to Chile, Ecuador, United States. So it's just all of these different, you know, grades of learning, all of these different steps of understanding. So I said, why you cannot see that the main source of inspiration to be full into yourself is respecting yourself. So when I say dignities, is respecting yourself. Awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, uh, how, how, what was your overall experience of this festival? You know, if I may, you know, yes. speak my truth, my, uh-huh. my reflections. Please. You know, uh, because I don't want to sound that I am judging you, your people constantly. No, I bring up this reflection for all of you, for all of us. Because also all of this kind of, um, you know, new relationship that is already creating between, you know, these Westerners and indigenous people down there in the Amazon jungle. And with all of this black market of, you know, getting the ayahuasca medicine and, you know, buying the ayahuasca and sell the ayahuasca, you know, even in this country and Europe is illegal. But people still, you know, want to take it. And there are tons of leaders, you know, coming up that indigenous people and San Mestizos down there in Peru you know, shipped to the United States. So it, it, it already creates all other kind of issues, you know, in terms of this, you know, losing their identity, losing, you know, this deep cultural identity related to plant medicine and the ancient wisdom of the connection with Mother Earth, with the universe, with, you know, the animal kingdom, with the spirits of Mother Earth. So... Are you talking about the Amazonian people that sell the medicine to profit? Specifically that they're the people that are losing their, the connection to the the cultural connection? It's a big business right now. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that I, I... I moved to an, in, a, in another direction, you know, with uh, your question, but uh, it's important to let, you know, people know that I don't come here to judge, you know, and say, hey, and to criticize you and say, hey, what are you doing, you know, what's going on here, la, 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 no, it's just, you know, I, I believe that I, my mission to come, you know, to, to United States and to, to, to visit here and to be part of these kind of festivals. It's just to make sure that people will understand and, and be much more clear about the relationship that they want to create or they already created between indigenous people, plant medicine like ayahuasca, and you know, their necessities. With all of these new distortion that you know already is there 
in terms of you know this sell buy you know this part of the capitalism you know where everything you know has a value everything has you know a price I yeah. would say no a value a price you know you give me your medicine I pay you I send money to your uh, village to your uh, city to your country and you ship your medicine to my country mm. so this uh, trade right and then down there or here say oh we invite you to sit with us and honor this sacred plant medicine and and be deeply connected with your spirit so we will bring all the spirits you know around you and and having this wonderful moment together to heal you to la 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 la, la. so really how you can name sacredness when this poor, humble, wise medicine is passing through all of this unfair treatment, through all of this unfair and shamed way to hide, to bring up here, right. or to bring out there in Europe. So, and then the transaction comes up two hundred dollars per person four hundred dollars or four hundred dollars oh my goodness you yeah. know it's the transaction you know money involved unfair because even that you pay you know to some of these you know shamans or mestizos even indigenous people that also create all another huge distortion down there you know it's it's even it's unfair because you pay him or you pay them certain amount of money, but you here already create tons of money. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wonder, and I always ask, ask people here or ask Europeans, either way, say, do you know exactly where this money goes after you experience you know plant medicine do you know if certain amount of money certain percentage of this trade goes back to the amazon jungle to protect the ecosystem of plant medicine and not just some guy that's selling that's selling a liquid in the mail and also you know some people here told me that you know you can order online really so really, so I, I am so concerned about this, you know, craziness. Um, it's an insane, I would say. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I, I was, you it's know, okay. bringing all these new topics, you it's know. Okay. It's, it's in terms of reflection. It's, you know? it's coming up, it's valuable, yeah. it's value. It's, I, I mean, hearing you say that makes me really think about the necessity of understanding where the money goes. Because that's a part of the prayer, too. Of course. That's a part of the, the energy that's being yes. exchanged. So if the money is going to somebody who is going to be spending that money on themselves in a selfish way or on whatever it is in an undignified way that's not going back to help ayahuasca, 
you know, like the environment where it comes from, yes. then it doesn't do us any good. That it's not sustainable. Oh my darling, no, please, no. We were talking about you know all of these climate issues, you know, you know, climate change, you know, and sustainable things, you know, going on and destroying Mother Nature, but also destroying indigenous culture, destroying indigenous people, killing indigenous people in the name of money, in the name of this transaction, you know, like it happened recently. That involves, you know, crime, racism. Because I want to be a shaman. Because I want to possess your knowledge. You know, teach me. Because I, I already pay you. Gave me, you know, your knowledge. Mm -hmm. Just, so, w w what is the point? It's just, again, you know, walking with dignity. Right. I'm not saying that, please don't come. No. Yeah. I don't like you. I don't want you to be around. Okay. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you're very welcome. And in the way that you want to come, please be clear, be honest, mm -hmm. be sincere with my people and myself. I don't take students. Plant medicine is not about studying indigenous knowledge. Plant medicine is about, like I said at the beginning, to cure our soul, mm -hmm. to cure our body. What what's the most what's the most important responsibility besides making the medicine available that a curandera or a curandero yes. has in that in that um, work? You know, you have to make sure because with all of the incredible information that you can have access, you can search. You know, this sustainable community or this you know humble community where some of the elders. And the leaders want to create this base where they can invite people from all over the world, from different countries to arrive there, to be there, and sit with them and take plant medicine. Because, you know, this exchange, this transaction, you know, will cover, will serve their people my people, you know, they will, you will contribute to sustain, you know, the Amazon jungle, the pristine forest. You will contribute through your donation, through your tan the transaction that you already made. You will contribute to protect the ecosystem of this beautiful plant medicine and tons of other beautiful plant medicine around. Can you talk a little bit about the nonprofit with Leela? And what they're up, to, what what your relationship is, and what they're doing, and um, yeah, and, and how mm. uh, where that money goes. Yeah, Amazon Watch is one of these incredible, you know, inspired nonprofit organizations here in California, California, United States, that work really hard, you know, in order to stop extraction, oil extraction, from the Amazon jungle, especially related, you know to indigenous territories. So they do a lot of work, you know, supporting indigenous leaders and, you know, bring them up here, you know, into the United States where, you know, indigenous leaders can have access, for example, to United Nations to speak the truth, 
to speak, you know, how despicable is, you know, the company, you know, American company or European company or Canadian company or Chinese company, you know, going down there and make agreements, you know, with the national government, in this case, Ecuadorian government, you know, in the name of what? To explode natural resources, but nobody, you know, talk to the indigenous leaders. Nobody, you know, talk to them and say, hey, you know, this company is coming and we, we, we have to set up a meeting, you know, with the leaders and create this good trade, good, you know, respect and dignify, you know, your um, principles and your values. No, they, they don't. Plus, indigenous people don't want, you know, oil companies around their territories because that means immediately destruction of the pristine rainforest. Extractivism creates all kind of mess. Not only polluted, it's just all kind of mess. And leaders, indigenous leaders are, you know, not only concerned, they are very aware of that, you know. So, plus, you know, what is the real benefit, you know, that they will be, you know, accessing if their home will be destroyed. Right, yeah. It seems really contradictory. Yes, yeah. exactly. So Amazon Watch, you know, is very, very committed and also create this, you know, dialogue among American citizens, you know, and South American indigenous leaders, you know, and the government, you know, national government in Peru, in Ecuador, so you, you um, would you advocate for people to yes, make donations they, to Amazon Watch if they care yes, about plant medicines, exactly. if they care about indigenous people, indigenous if, they people. Are, if they care about, you know, the Amazon jungle, mm -hmm. which is very, very important. It's very critique right now. It's so critique right now. The lungs of Mother Earth, the lungs of our planet is just shaking, you know, and going through destruction. It's an imminent destruction. And every single minute, every single hour, you know, all kind of threats. It's are... So here's the thing, as a, as a person in the West where everything is f convenience and cities and all this thing, we worry a lot about climate change. Mm -hmm. Americans worry a lot about climate change, about ecological destruction. But what to do? What Do you have any advice for a person like myself who... A, who's so worried and scared and everything that I sometimes cover it, cover up that, that pain, that fear with mm. other things like alcohol or like something else. Like how can I get involved in making, making change for the better and making change to turn around this? Uh, I know I didn't create the problem, but I know I'm part of the problem mm -hmm. at the same time. We are part of the problem right now, all of us. Practical, you know, tips. Use less plastic. You know, bring your own bottle, you know, to bring your water. Practical things, little things. When you go, you know, to shopping, bring your own, you know, bags. When you buy fruits or 
vegetables, bring your own plastic bags, you know, reuse it constantly. It's easy. Thank you. You know, it's just, but, but people tend to be, I'm, I'm saying not you, I'm, I'm saying people no, no, in no. general, you yeah. know, tend to be lazy and say, oh, oh my gosh, oh, well, I forgot, so, okay, whatever. So this is only one time. Me too. But this is one time, my darling. No, it's multiple times. You you multiply for a hundred. Can you imagine? It's just one. Among, you know, millions, billions of people. So, and please, you know, I, I want to invoke this to your audience, you know, please, you know, be a little more sensitive, you know. Be a little more respectful with all of these beautiful beings around, the ocean, the rivers the deserts, the forest, you know, they, they, they don't claim, they don't, they cannot talk about our language and say, hey, stop. Mm -hmm. But we can do it. We can be a little more kind. We can be a little more respectful and say, hey, I'm sorry. I, I promise you that I will take care of you, your environment, your territory your ecosystem a little bit. Even that I live in New York City, even that I live in San Francisco, you know, I, I want, I want you, you know, to know that I, I will do my best. I promise you. But this, my darling, this is a constant, you know, daily homework. It's every single day, you know, I was invoking to these beautiful people around the festival to pick the, their trash up and, you know, bring back to the city where, you know, there are, you know, all of these very, very important sustainable industry where, you know, you put recycled things, compost, you know, and the simple garbage. So it's, it's, it's just, you know, a little effort. You don't, you don't need to be part of this big movement. You don't need to be part of this big statement of, yes, I am an environmental activist. I, I, am, the, I am part of this, you know, universal indigenous movement. No, you can do, you know, your little part, you know, every single day. I have a question for you, interesting question. Okay. So as you were talking, this truck was passing by giving information, please clean up your campsite, please take all your trash Excellent. with you. The same message that you are Excellent. sharing, they're sharing. I was talking to one of the organizers the other day and say, please, use one of these incredible infrastructure that you have, all of these tons of people, volunteers, you know, to, you know, expose and let people know before they leave, you know, please clean, you know, your tent, your you know, you come, you gate, you know, and yeah. So my question is about synchronicity. Uh huh. Do you experience a lot of synchronicity? Oh, a lot. What is that? Wow. It's a good sign. <laughs> That's it's what a I good did sign. Say. That's my intuition too. It's a good sign. Yeah, it's yeah. a good sign. You're on the right path. We are. You and I, we are. I hope that all of these beautiful people around us, they will be too. At least. My darling, being realistic, at least one percent. If I touch, you know, one people, I feel so blessed because I know that he or she will spread out. 
their message. So if at least 1% of these beautiful people, after having a lot of fun, pick their trash up, that would be wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have two more questions. Yes, sure, sure. Um, it's fun, you know, to have this dialogue. I feel the same way about the radio thing, uh -huh. too. If I can just touch one person. Uh, a guy took his own life a couple weeks before we launched the radio station. Uh -huh. He's a strong earth warrior activist. Mm. And he got so discouraged that it, the rest of his tribe spoke this, talked about it, mm. but didn't live up to what they were talking about. And he said, how can I be here while my mother earth is dying? And so he, um, he ended his life. And I thought if we could just, mm. if he could have just listened to an uplifting song or this message or felt some kind of connection to somebody else that felt like him that maybe he would have been around. So just one person. I mean, we're trying to reach 50,000 people per month. And then, which is great. Which is my mission right now. Thank you. Um, and, but just, but I have to remember that if I have just that one listener, I have no idea what they're experiencing. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. You know, I, I came, you know, to this country once a year for 10 years. And I am this new woman, this new person, this new human that keep hope as an indigenous woman at the beginning. Right. I was very, how do you say, fatalist. Yeah. I said, no way. Everything is collapsing. Uh -huh. No way to save, no way to defend Mother Earth, no way to support her, you know, them. I was so devastated into my heart because with all of these th threats that we, we face every single day in the Amazon jungle and people are so ignorant, so indifferent, abusive, locals and strangers, you know, foreigners, and said, well, this is, this is not working. But, you know, I evolved. We all evolve constantly. So I'm so sorry for this, you know, warrior that now he's around. His name is Shine. Adam. Shine. Adam Shine. Adam. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm sorry for him, but his spirit was so devastating, you know, at that moment. Yeah. What, that what gives you hope? To touch one people. <laughs> connection. The connection. Mm. A real connection. When you came to me last night, even that I was started after this long day of working, quite intense, because this is a lot of energy yeah. that I, I have to move quite gentle. I work, you know, with people from my energy, so I need to keep my own balance in this particular environment. Micro world, that means lead festival. But when, I, when, you know, Amber said, oh, you know, my friend Zach, you know, wants to interview and I wonder with my respect if, if he can approach you and do this interview with you and only if you want, I said, yeah, sure, why not? So we can talk, you know, tomorrow morning because I will be fresh, <laughs> you know, radiant like the sun, and clear in my mind and open in my heart and lucid in my soul. So, if I touch you, I will touch hundreds of people. 
That's the prayer. I'm that sure that I will because I touch a lot of people here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Um, speaking about touching people, um, for new parents of new babies, yeah. what advice do you have to give a first-time parent to a newborn baby on like, how, like what to teach their, their, their child, new child coming into this planet, mm -hmm. new soul? Maybe old soul coming back again. I don't yeah. know what the religious belief is, but how can parents be responsible parents, and what can they? What What are the important? Can you share an important lesson, or, or just a lesson that you would bestow upon parents to, to to teach the youth, or for any for any of us at that is an adult now? Because I'm, uh -huh. I'm a man, you know, yeah. to 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 share with the the children specifically. You know, in these current times. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, invoke to these, you know, young parents, or even the old parents, you know, share love, love your children, just love, real love your children. It's not about covering their necessities. It's not writing a check or giving, you know, a credit card. No, it's just... Bring your love, play with them, be playful, be relaxed, be around them, take their hands, you know, and say, hey, why not we, we go to, to play a little bit, you know, to play soccer or basketball or baseball, you know, or just camping out, so outdoor, and say, hey, let's go to the lake, let's go to the ocean. Touch the trees. Go to walk into the woods. That is part of the love. Uh, what, you know, uh, is love undefinable? I think so. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Just you wanted, know, wanted to check and make sure. Because yeah. people talk about it a lot. And I'm mental. I'm a very, I think a lot. Yeah, maybe yeah. It's, it's a lot of mental, you yeah. know, approach in terms of define. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Define love. I, I don't define love. I, I feel love. You know love. You know love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's just the feeling, the sentiment, the expression. You know, this emotional expression. I, as a curandera, you know, coming to to the north, I treat you know people here when I am visiting. The U.S. and many of them, when they approach to me, they have this break heart because you know, no relationship, no real relationship with their parents, not real connection, my darling. What's going on? No real connection. It's not you know having. Oh, I need to have my child now because otherwise it will be too late. It's part of my programming agenda mm -hmm. really so if you are not a mother at the age of 40 you know it, it will be too late because you didn't complete your agenda right really that is the way we think are you serious that is the way we think that's the way i've thought for the past 10 years yeah but, but, but this is my point responsibility we, to share the genes we, to spread the genes other what 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 do you think what do you think <laughs> what? it's 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 silly it's it's it's, it's it's silly it's yeah. Oh my goodness, it's selfishness. Okay. It's a lot of selfishness. It's a, how you can compare, you know, 
this pure, innocent being that you care, you know, for nine months according to your agenda. It's pure, loving being coming from the cosmos in this little petite, you know, package that has to, you know, play a role that already has a mission in this That's what I was going to ask time. you. So you believe we come with a mission? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. I believe that. You know, our destiny is already right in the stars. It doesn't matter if you put in, in your agenda. Do you believe in astrology too or not the way that we think of astrology? You know, my darling, not in the way that the astrology means, you know, for, I mean, with respect, you know, with, for your people. You know, I, I believe in astronomy. Astronomy? Yes. yes. Even that they are so exact mm. as a science. But there is a lot of knowledge immersed in this, you know, a spectrum of astronomy because they love to learn about cosmos, about the universe. And that fascinates me a lot. That makes me feel happy and laughing because when I talk to the astronomers, we have a lot of fun together. Cool. You know, having all of these proximity you say in, in English hmm? as an indigenous elder you know yeah. to approach to the lecture of the universe you know from all of these multiple dimensions that we we work you know from thousands of thousands of years you know reading the universe like the, 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 the Mayan elders like the Wari people you know my people and then these you know amazing astronomers and Physicist, quantum, you say quantum physicist? That's one type of physicist, yeah. You know, it's amazing how we can, how do you say, mix, uh, emerge, you know, and create this new inspiration. When we do that, we are real connected. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, you know, your you baby is part of the creator yeah you know as part of the universe i could talk to you for a really long time about yeah, that because it's so like is my desire not the creator's desire do i have a separate desire from what well, you you from, mean that you are in control in this body no yeah, okay, no no yeah, you are in control of this body but who gave you you know right. life yeah your mother yeah i gave you know birth to my son because using this package but this package was because Creator, was because Mother Earth, was because Cosmos. It's just... It's, I, was a, I was an accident, we, actually. You know that. <laughs> I was an accident. So it wasn't... No, but it's, wasn't, you were an accident regarding, you know, this, you know, platform of the agenda. agenda according right. to the agenda. Yeah. Probably in this context, uh -huh. you were an accident. But according to my lecture of the universe and how close we are to Creator, you already had a mission to be here. I believe that. Last, very last question. Oh, please. Um, so, the way I found my spiritual journey, uh -huh. um, the, the, the signposts and the alignment of everything 
keeps pointing to this eagle condor prophecy. Uh And I followed it all the way to Columbia, and I keep going back to deepen my learning, to deepen my study of the indigenous people of of America that go to Colombia to bring their traditions to the, to there to to activate and to embody the eagle condor prophecy. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if this is something you follow at all, or if it's something you pay attention to, um, or if it's something that you don't pay attention to. <laughs> <laughs> With total respect, I don't really pay attention about this new age movement. You know when they you know, talk about the prophecy. You think it's a part of the New Age movement, the Eagle Condor prophecy? Because they they say, they, whoever they are, they they talk about how it's uh, hundreds of years old, if not thousands of years old, thousands of years old. But how, as an indigenous woman, even that I am well-educated, you know, because I have these um, Mm -hmm. anthropology and, and sociology studies, you know, searching my roots, my genealogy and my indigenous roots, you know. So give me this great, you know, treatment in terms of understanding, you know, the Western approach of knowledge. I would say that not to speak about, you know, this prophecy. We would say that, you know, Americans, I mean, all over the continent. I'm not saying America from the United States because you normally say, oh, I am American. I am American too. The continent, America, of America. You know, with all of these First Nations that live, you know, that occupy, that take place of this incredible vast territory, you know, from the south to the north, from the north to the south, even, you know, from the other continent, you know, crossing, you know, thousands of years ago to America and then walking and passing, you know, and creating all of these different tribes, all of these different ethnic groups, you know, going back and forth, you know, create this wave of interaction, exchange, reciprocal, you know, treats, I would say, and, and I already talked to Native American elders, you know, which I respect them a lot. I honor them a lot, you know, because their wisdom. When we talk about this uh, prophecy, we agree in terms of these very ancient times that Indians cross all over America constantly. To exchange knowledge, to exchange, to exchange products, to exchange, you know, information and travel because we are good travelers, good walk workers, you know, the whole time in our dreams, in our feet, you know, walks constantly, walk constantly, you know, through all over America. So symbolically speaking, I would say, not using the word prophecy, symbolically speaking. From these very ancient times, very ancient times, again, you know, the wisdom of Mother Earth, the wisdom of Mother Nature, you know, with all of these majestic, majestic, beautiful, you know, 
birds, you know, big birds like the eagle and the condor, you know, flying majestically all over the Andes and flying majestically all over the desert and the mountains here. At certain moment, you know, they already, you know, create these, I'm saying thousands of years ago, you know, this little encounter, you know, where the two of them, you know, landed in the ocean because sometimes the condor goes to the ocean and I knew recently that the eagle also flies in direction to the ocean mm. so that is so that was so magical for me so if they did thousands of years ago why not we we can we cannot do it I mean Indians you know humans if they already you know create this encounter they shaking, you know, their views regarding, you know, the world, you know, through their wise eyes, you know, this wide you know, wisdom that they carry, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's it, 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 it makes me so happy deep inside. It, it brightens my heart, you know, because I can see them. I can sense them, like, you know, when I am talking to you right now, I can, I can see them, you know, like at this, flying around, and create this magical moment, this magical encounter, just a few, a few minutes, and then fly again, back. So Indians from all over America, we are the same, First Nations, I mean, because, you know, you and your ancestors came later, so it's going back and forth, the First Nations, you know, the original nations, the ancient nations, the ancient cultures. So we don't talk about prophecy, okay. we talk about encounter. Gotcha. Speaking yes. of encounters, yeah. how you say you have this website? Yes. And I'm curious what's on the website, why you created the website, how people can um, learn more about your work and your people and um, get in touch with you. Thank you for your question. Thank you. Like I said before, you know, at the beginning of this interview, my name is Eda, E-D-A, Zavala, Z-A-V-A-L-A, Lopez.com. You can search, you know, my name, my full name, Eda, which is in English, Eda Zavala Lopez.com. And you can see my work, you know, that I do down in the Amazon jungle my deep commitment to Mother Earth, my deep, you know, inspiration that I have with my people, you know, working with them, you know, side by side, and create this bridge, you know, this multicultural bridge, I would say, you know, going back and forth. And, uh, and also, you know, I, you can see, you know, my background, like, you know, my friends, here said, you know, my expertise as a shaman, as a curandera, as a healer, you know, and all of this, my ancestry coming, you know, through this package, you know, and this ancient wisdom, this ancient knowledge, you know, that I, I love to share with people, with respect, you know, with dignity, and uh, also, you know, if you want to contribute, to contact me, and if you want to come to visit me in the Amazon jungle to work, 
in your spirit or to work with my people, let me know. You know, just, you know, write, you know, through my website, you know, a message and say, hey, Eda, this is my name and I want to do this. You know, you can, you know, reach me as a healer or as an environmental activist. You know, either way, it works perfect for me. And thank you for giving me this wonderful opportunity, you know, to share my message with you and through your, you know, radio station. You're very welcome. It's an honor for me to interview you. Yeah, and also, please, one more thing. And if you want to contribute, you know, to our cause, I'm say, I'm not saying my cause. It's just our cause, you know, to protect the Amazon jungle, to protect, you know, indigenous rights, and to create new ways, you know, to have, you know, the same opportunity for indigenous, you know, young generations, please, you know, make some donations, you know, through this beautiful website, you know, that I created thanks to my dear American friend, Susan Richman, plus my dear, you know, lovely spiritual sister, Lisa Wade, who is the president of Impact, a village, nonprofit, that, you know, friends and new friends can donate through this, you know, nonprofit in the United States. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, I feel like there's so much ground we couldn't cover in this short mm-hmm. period of time, and so I want you to know that there's always an invitation for you to um, speak from into a phone from, from the Amazon mm-hmm. and send it over to us, and we'd be happy to share information and continue the conversation going in a good way. Yes, please. I, I would love uh, to keep in touch with you and your radio station because, you know, when, when we face all of these kind of deep issues down in the Amazon jungle, especially working in terms of protection, protect indigenous uh, territories, protect, you know, their natural resources, protect, you know, next generations. I, sometimes, you know, we would say the enemy is so big, so powerful that we, 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 we cannot have access, you know, to a way, you know, to spread out the word immediately mm-hmm. of what's going on, you know. Right. And please, I would love to keep in touch with you. And if if we face some kind of, you know, challenge, yeah. I, I, Use please, it as a beacon. Yes, yeah. I, I would love to create this connection, you know, with you through your radio station, you know, to say, hey, you know, we need your support. Spread out the word about what's going on right now. Great. Yeah. Yes. Deal. Please. Deal. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Enjoy uh, the rest of your time here thank in you. California. Thank yeah. you okay. so much. <laughs> Auditory hallucinations. Greetings and salutations to all you creatures of the night. If you're like me, you stay up late, like to have interesting conversations about the paranormal and the limits of human potential within the realms of consciousness. My name is Zachary, and me along with my co-host Jordan, we invite a lot of guests on our show to have interesting conversations. We like to dive deep into the riverbanks of consciousness and psychedelia. Each episode is a hallucination, a journey into the realms and the databanks of human wisdom. For the first eight episodes of The Midnight Mystics, which is the name of our show, uh, we will be exploring and reviewing the first eight episodes of The Midnight Gospel. It's about psychology, meditation, non-attachment, 
interdimensional space travel. So if you're interested in topics like this, tune in every Tuesday night at midnight. Stay tuned right here to Shady Pines Radio for lots of great local music, poetry, and all of the great creative minds that reside right here in Portland. You've been listening to Shady Pines Radio.